Hey guys, before we get started with today's show, I wanted to remind you about the Adam Schefter podcast. Top executives, coaches, players, and the best analysts in the game all appear. Be sure to check it out. You can follow the Adam Schefter podcast, as well as the Mina Kimes show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. On top of that, baseball is back, and so are your favorite teams and players. How about those Mariners? Actually, you know what? I'm not going to jinx it. Anyways, you can catch the best of the bigs all season on ESPN Plus with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash baseball. Welcome back to the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks a pro day means extra Purina. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. And I am joined today taping on the, uh, on the heels of Trey Lance's second pro day, by Courtney Cronin, who's actually not that far from the pro day. Actually, am I doing the thing where people in coastal states assume uh, you guys are all really close? How far, <laughs> how far are you from North Dakota State, Courtney? Uh, probably four and a half, five hours. But, okay. um, you know, that's driving distance to most people in the Midwest. I mean, that's a hop, skip and a jump to the north. So it's kind of close. It's not Canada. So Courtney Cronin is based in Minnesota, where she covers the Vikings for us. You can also catch her on ESPN Radio. You've also been on my podcast. I think, did we preview the NFC North together last we summer? We did, back we in did. July. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was, I felt like having you on to talk about four teams wasn't enough. I had to have you on to talk about all 32, uh, because this is one of my favorite exercises every year, ahead of the draft, going team by team, roster by roster, death chart by death chart. That's redundant, but you get the idea. And examining what are the team needs um, ahead of the draft? Because uh, you know, why, you're not always going to draft for need. Of course, some teams will take the best player available. These needs are going to be in the minds of fans. And this is always really interesting because, you know, you see some things you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that they're actually pretty solid at that position. Or in the case of certain teams, <clears throat> Houston, you are like, oh, my God, literally every position is on my chart right now. Um, so we're, we're going to cover every team, every division, um, including, of course, the Vikings. But I figured we would start with the NFC East, if that's all right with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like getting started. I know usually I dawdle a lot in the beginning, but this is like such an endeavor with all of these teams. I am just being you know, a very professional person here and jumping right into it. And I'm jumping right into the, the NFC East. Let's start with Philadelphia. How's that? I don't know why I chose Philadelphia. That's a Philadelphia. good one. That's a good right? one. Number 12. All about oh. it. Okay. So, yes, Philadelphia is speaking at 12, 37, 70, 84. Courtney Cronin, tell me, what do you think are the positions that Philadelphia needs to address? Well, if they don't address wide receiver right away, I think that the entire city of Philadelphia <laughs> will riot after seeing Justin Jefferson go one pick after Jalen Rieger last year to the Minnesota Vikings. Me, that is the most notable need that they have in trying to get Jalen Hurts to this next level to see if he truly is the guy for them at quarterback. So I think that... When you look at what they did in def- in free agency, all defensive additions, really their big ones are the two safeties they got in Andrew Adams and Anthony Harris, you're probably thinking at 12 that you're in a good spot to maybe get a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, uh, potentially even maybe a Kyle Pitts. I mean, I don't know where he's going to fall, but I think in terms of skill players, pass catchers, that's where they need to go at least right away at 12. Um, linebacker, 
Always. Cornerback, <laughs> offensive line too. I mean, you know, yeah. they lost they lost Deshaun Jackson in free agency, but that's like not their biggest loss. Like they lost Jalen Mills, Malik Jackson. Like they need to focus like some of their like later picks, like you were mentioning, some of those second, third round, mid day three picks on defense. Um, because like this is a team that's going through, I think in the next couple of years, we're gonna starting to see that roster turnover that we, mm-hmm. you know, beyond what we're seeing right now from that Super Bowl team and just kind of the skeleton of what was there from 2017. But I think it starts with wide receiver. It's a team that was four eleven and one last year. They're in a spot now at twelve where they could really capitalize on getting one of the top pass catchers in the draft. Yeah, I think it, I, I agree with that. And I think it's really interesting because if Philadelphia had stayed at six overall, I think you might have said quarterback, right? We would have we yeah. might have said that they're going to address that position. But dropping to 12, they signaled to the NFL that they're not interested in taking quarterback this year. Although, God, can you imagine? If like, well, what if like Justin Fields drops to six and then Eagles fans have yeah. to watch as he passes by? Or frankly, you know, going from six to 12 um, to get gain they, they it was a great deal for them they got an extra first round pick in, in the trade but you know th- this is a team that has really struggled to find that wide receiver and in doing so they basically said okay we're okay missing out on one two maybe more of the top pass catchers in the draft so like you know Pitts and probably Pitts and Chase and maybe Smith and Waddle I don't know so it, it, in some ways, I like the trade a lot because they have so many holes on this team. But in in other ways, you know, they are passing up on a bit of prestige. That said, wide receiver, undeniably. Um, and, you know, linebacker, we don't even need to talk about. It's been such an issue for this team for so long. Um, I think beyond that, like death, you know, you talked about it's a team that Super Bowl roster got old really quickly. And like the offensive line, a lot of those guys are coming back, right, from injury. Um, uh, really, the entire offensive line is. Um, Andre Diller is coming back. Brandon Brooks had this season-ending in- injury. Um, Lane Johnson only played half the season. Those guys are going to come back. But you still probably want to add depth there, given the injuries and the aging. Um, and the same with cornerback where and, and safety as well. I know that's like the whole the secondary but um yeah just because of it, it, it's a team that got old really quickly and i think needs to address all those positions and the fact that they're not hitting um quarterback makes that easier because they have the draft capital as we've discussed um yeah. so yeah i think i think that's philly's pretty clear cut actually they have some like pretty obvious needs yeah and like when you take a look at like second round quarterbacks because that to me is the most intriguing thing outside of the top five and it feels like every day um the Jets and the in the 49ers uh at least in terms of like silly season and seeing who's going where and which quarterback may go to which team and could potentially Justin Fields go two overall to New York and um Zach Wilson end up somewhere else like it's so much more intriguing to me to talk about the Davis Mills, the Kellen Mons, the Jamie Newmans, and figuring out, okay, a team with an ancillary need at that position, a team like Philadelphia, do they get involved in the mix for a day two quarterback, an early day three quarterback? But that's not something that they're going to address round one, even though at 12, I don't know. I mean, you talk about best player available and sometimes how the board falls. I don't put it past any team. Personally, if there is that situation where somebody falls to 12 and it's like we can try to hit on our next franchise guy, 
the worst case scenario is Jalen Hurts is amazing. He's everything we thought he would be when we drafted him. And we have a first round pick that we can use as trade leverage someday. But I just don't see it happening with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think that it is a need later in the draft for them to address. Yeah, if, if any of the top five guys fall to 12, which is, of course, before New England, after Denver, so it's in that kind of sweet spot or whatever. Um, if I was an Eagles fan, I would be furious if they didn't take one of the, like a, a Fields or a Lance there, personally. Um, okay, team that's not taking quarterback either, the New York Giants. I think this one's actually very straightforward. Um, New York Giants who are picking 11. To me, uh, offensive line pretty much, you could argue uh, the entire offensive line, but really the right side, I think, center, um, right guard, right tackle. I know Nate Solder's coming back, but I still think offensive line, Andrew Thomas, the, their rookie, obviously is going to come back and start at left tackle, but was you know they need help across the line. that They didn't address that. They went out and bought, got a bunch of wide receivers. And then I would go edge rusher. Um, that's, you know, they, they paid Leonard Williams, uh, who was part of that really rising defense last year. And we can kind of talk about that. But um, outside of him, there's just not a lot of talent at edge. You know, he's no. defensive tackle. So to me, I, I thought it was something actually that they might address in free agency, but they didn't. They added Galladay, Adoree Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, Danny Shelton. And then, yeah, of course, they lost Kevin Zeitler. So those are the two big areas of need, in my opinion. Yeah, hasn't Dave Gettleman been talking about like adding an edge rusher and prioritizing that in the offensive line for for quite some time now, and they just haven't been able to do it? Like, it's it's great, yeah, that you paid Le- Leonard Williams in free agency. That's wonderful, but you also lost Alvin Tomlinson, let him walk in free agency. You don't have you know you have Dexter Lawrence, but you don't have a whole ton of depth there at that position. So to me, edge rusher. Um, is the most obvious need for this Giants team. But in so many ways, this edge rusher class is not as good as previous years. So yeah. where like do you do you stay where you are at eleven in the first round? Or are you trying to, you know, pick up the phone, talk to a team like New England, talk to somebody else who wants to move up just outside the top ten and potentially move back into like the mid to late teens pick up some draft capital along the way and still get a quitty pay, still get um, a Jalen Phillips or, um, you know, a Gregory Rousseau later in the first round. If you're thinking about maybe adding some picks and being able to have a bigger draft class, like this is not a team that builds through the draft though. They love free agency as we saw this past year. And, you know, in a way overpaying, in my opinion, for Kenny Galladay, um, but obviously giving Daniel Jones the piece he needs. But like, they're not a team that wants a 10-person draft class. They're fine with their like five or six that they'll get mm. um, and not necessarily moving back. Maybe they'll stay at 11. But I think it's honestly, if Ed Rusher is your primary need, which I think it is for the New York Giants, um, and also, I mean, offensive line, you're in a spot there to potentially land Rashawn Slater. If, if Penny Sewell goes at five to Cincinnati, like most people think, and, you know, Rashawn Slater's a second tackle that would be coming off the board. That's probably the sweet spot to land yeah. him. But like, this just feels like a really good trade back spot, depending upon if you have anybody trying to move up to get a quarterback um, at 11. But I don't know. I mean, that's just going to depend how the top four quarterbacks, where they all go. If they're gone by nine, then New York probably stays 11 and, you know, is not fielding many calls for that draft spot. 
Yeah, and I agree with you. But of course, Dave Gettleman does not trade back in the draft. No, so um, I, I, I think where they're picking, like rather than, um, it, it, you know, if they were to stay there, definitely Slater makes sense, right? Or And you could even, you know, start him at guard and then kick him out to tackle uh, after Solder moves on, for example. But that would be, to me, great value for that team. Um, okay, Washington football team. This is one of the more, I think, interesting questions. Um, one very obvious of you need in my mind. What do you think are their biggest needs? Well, I was kind of like perusing um, – you know, some of the draft boards and kind of seeing what the mocks were saying. Cause Washington's been one that for me, again, team talking about trade back. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if Kyle Pitts fell to them, that one would be really interesting to me. Um, you know, and where they're picking, I believe it's like 19, um, probably very unlikely to take a wide receiver. So I think with Washington, you know, what you're probably looking at is offensive line. Uh, would a Christian yep. Darisaw potentially be there at nineteen? Yes, I, yes. I don't know though. I feel like oh, I don't know if he will be. I meant, I meant, I meant that'd be great. I don't oh, know. Yeah, if he great. Will be. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'd be great. I was yeah, saying left tackle, left tackle, left tackle. Yeah. But it's like the guys that I think that are going to be like completely out of their range. They need a linebacker. They need a free safety. Micah Parsons is gone uh, by that. Like long gone by that point. Um, you know, Trayvon. I think it's. Uh, Maring, like the like ma- yeah. mooring the guy safety from TC. Right? It's like a Kerrig uh, coffee coffee maker. I, yes, is it Kerrig's how you say it, right? That's how I've been remembering it, Kerrig. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, I think both of them will be gone by that point. But like, that's probably an offensive line. Like they're probably going to end up going O line in the first round. But like they've got you know picks at fifty one, seventy four, eighty two. They've got a lot of early picks in the draft where they can probably hit on a number of different needs uh, to be able to you know bolster their defense their secondary linebacker that's probably like a day two pick for them I think round one for Washington though is offensive line and it's probably not one of the top tier tackles that'll be there at 19 but in Elisha Vera Tucker potentially like I don't know if some teams are going to look at that you know the guard tackle what is he in the NFL if, mm-hmm. if, you know, drafting him too high, like 19 kind of feels like a sweet spot for not a, not considering a position like that as an overdraft for somebody who's probably projecting more as a guard in the NFL. So that's at least when I look at like O-line for Washington, probably where I'd like push them in that direction. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, we would have probably said quarterback, but Washington's made it pretty clear that they're not interested or at least not making an effort like they didn't even go to Trey Lance's pro day for example yeah. unlike um New England and Denver so um that they seem pretty content with Fitz this year um outside of offensive line you know you mentioned free safety and that's an interesting one because Cameron Curl kind of came out of nowhere as a strong safety but Landon Collins is also a strong safety so there's a, there's a little bit of redundancy there they did sign um they lost Ronald Darby replaced him with I think an upgrade William Jackson uh, from the Bengals. And then of course they added Curtis Samuel. I still think wide receiver might be uh, interesting for them with, um, you know, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and then this in Cam Sims, if they were to add like one more wide receiver, like um, a deep threat, I think that could be mm-hmm. kind of fun for Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I think linebacker left tackle free safety are the main ones. Um, so wrapping up the division, with Dallas, I wrote just defense. Yeah, uh, all of it. Uh, I mean, literally all of it. I guess if I had to prioritize it, it's probably corner, defensive tackle, edge, 
safety than linebacker, but um, the whole defense needs help. <laughs> yeah, like like seriously, I think cornerback at nine is probably like the safest pick that you could make of any team in the top 10. And they could be a candidate if somebody wants to like jump in and get a quarterback at that spot to trade back. But like a Pat Sertain, mm-hmm. like I feel like every mock draft I look at has him or another cornerback going to Dallas, you know, yeah. with that first round pick. That's this defense needs a lot of work. I mean, excuse me, they're at 10. Um, like, I don't know if, I mean, if Sertain's there, yes. If J.C. Horn is there, yes. But I just don't know if they're going to make it past, let's say, like eight or, I mean, or nine potentially if, yeah. if Denver doesn't go with a quarterback. But their defense has just been, like, they were atrocious last year. Some of it was on play calling and scheme, but, like, they just need, like, a complete overhaul. Um, after spending so many res- so much of their like resources you know on, on Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, like they have all the focus now that they could possibly want on their defense. Um and they can you know I think grabbing a defensive back in the first round is probably the smart play there. They've got picks at 44 and 75 and then they've got that comp pick in the third round I believe at 99. Yeah. So you can you can walk away with a couple steals on the first on the first two days of the draft to 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 start fixing that defense. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, to me, like they should consider or at least pick up the phone and hear what teams might give up for ten because because they have so many needs on defense mm-hmm. and because I think that there's a lot of good cornerbacks and there are not a lot of good defensive linemen. So if Dallas was able to trade down and get Barmore and then instead of Sertan, like the fifth cornerback, I think that might be good value for them. Um, especially with Dan, Dan Quinn coming to town as defensive coordinator, you know, that cover three scheme from Seattle, it's really important to have uh, a, a front four that can generate a standard rush. And they truly, truly do not right now. I mean, the defensive tackles were just a nightmare last year. But, um, you know, it really just depends on how the board shakes out. I would just say one thing also, like on offense, they, that's, they don't need offense, but that offensive line, you know, we saw just get so banged up last year. I think they might consider adding depth there early just because, you know, Tyron Smith just does not start a full season anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be, even though I know we're talking about defense, like, and everyone expects them to corner, I would not be shocked if they surprise everyone and get like a Slater or a, a tackle there. I mean, so. you know, tackle is a need for them. Like you, you yeah. like you mentioned, I mean, Tyron Smith's getting old and you, know, you can't rely on him for an entire now 17 game schedule. So it, that's one that if that could potentially be, if they go offensive tackle at 10, that could be 10 straight picks off the board all offense to start the draft, which I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, I'd have to like ask Sig about Mm. um, something like that, but that was just something to keep an eye on because they could potentially either be the first team to take a defensive player or just keep the trend going. And um, because everybody, at least in my opinion, above that, you'd expect to be taking an offensive player, maybe not Denver, but like if, if those, if those go one through nine and then it comes to Dallas and, you're looking at one of the top tackles. If you know a Slater's there, I do believe that Darisaw would be there too. If they, if that, if, if they believe that that's their guy, then that could be ten straight offensive players off the board in the on day one. All right, the NFC South. So I'm going to start with the most obnoxious team, uh, and I'm not. I don't hate this team, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have no needs. Um, 
I guess, defensive tackle. Really, the needs are just kind of like for the future. So if you're thinking about the future, defensive tackle, maybe wide receiver with Godwin on the tag, quarterback, question mark. But that's it. Really obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, if it never hurts to, at that point, at 32, like addressing your trenches, right? Like if, I mean, at that point I've seen in like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's recent mock drafts that the run on tackles, like you have the first couple guys that the Sewell, Slater, Darisaw going before 10, before 13. And then there's kind of this lull between 14 and about like 20, 21. And then you'll start to see the project guys come off the board. Some, you know, guys who might need a little bit more time to develop maybe that quote-unquote redshirt year um and that would be building for the future that's where you can get an edge rusher too or an interior pass rusher that at some point might be taking over for the guy like all the guys that you just brought back uh, fulfilling every one of bruce arians wish wishes in free agency that you might be building um you know for two years from now potentially yeah. you know in that spot at 32 but like i like the um I like the class that they have. I mean, I know you and I are talking about Trey Lance earlier, like, but Dylan Raddins, for example, the guy who like was protecting Trey Lance's blind side for all those, you know, for a couple of years at um, North Dakota state for the one game that everybody got to see this past year. Like that is a prime spot getting someone like that at 32 that you won't have play right now, but down Mm. the line, you already have somebody that you like in the system who's ready to take over. Freaking bucks, man. Their needs are next year. That's just they're like the, they're the Chiefs of they're the Chiefs of twenty twenty one. Right? It's crazy how how good that roster is. Okay, Falcons. What do you got for Atlanta? Well, I think Kyle Pitts is going to Atlanta, but then again, like I just can't. I, I don't know if I buy into the smokescreen that like they're so committed to Matt Ryan, right? Like so, so quarterback is quarterback. quarterback. Like I just, I I feel like Pitts is the best. I mean, since there's such a shortage of like these dynamic, athletic tight ends, of course, um, to be able to kind of bolster what they have for Matt Ryan, um, and and certainly the injuries last year to Julio Jones didn't help matters in the passing game in Atlanta. So I either see it as Pitts being the first non-quarterback taken off the board at four, or they're going to go the stretch and the top four quarterbacks are gone. One, two, three, four, but quarterback it's either quarterback or pass catcher with that first round pick. Um, you know, beyond that for Atlanta, um, offensive line, probably a tackle or an edge rusher. Edge is a need. I also have entire secondary. Um, it's yeah. It's cornerback. Pre- safety, it's, pre- it's pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, so they picked AJ Terrell last year mm-hmm. and you know, he had his ups and downs. Okay. All, pretty much all the rookie corners did. But um, they just need a ton of help at corner, at safety. They lost Keanu Neal. Um, so I would say, you know, again, I don't need, they're picking at 4, 35, 68. We'll see what they do with that first draft pick, but they got to fix that. Whatever they do on the offense, they got to address that secondary. Um, and then I also, yeah, you know, you mentioned Pitts. Um, they have Hayden Hurst at tight end, but Wide receiver is quietly, I think, in an area where they they might need to address mm-hmm. their roster because Julio has been in and out of games over the last couple of years. Obviously, Calvin Ridley's amazing, but behind him, there's not a ton of depth. So, um, yeah, I, it's interesting with the Falcons because I think a lot of who they pick will depend on what their timeline is. Like, are we competing now? And 
their timeline will be revealed to us. Well, with the fourth draft, we'll know very quickly, um, how, you know, whether they expect to compete um, and, and sort of how good they think their team is. I, you, just, I, you just don't pick yeah. four all that often. Like that's the thing right. that I'm looking at where Matt Ryan's 35 years old. Like you may get another couple years out of him, but unless you're thinking like, if you get another pass catcher, if it is Kyle Pitts to create this, you know, this trio, this, be, you know, the best one potentially in the NFC South and in the division and maybe even in the entire NFC between Julio Jones, if he can stay healthy, Calvin Ridley, and then, you know, slotting in, you'll have like two pretty good tight ends there. Um, because let's not forget, they still have Hayden Hurst. Um, but beyond that, like, what is their timeline? Like, I think they're going to reveal that, like you said, but it's just – you don't draft it for all that often. And that's a spot where you're not drafting necessarily for need. Like you take the best player you possibly can. So if it is a Justin Fields that's there at four, I don't see how you can pass that up. I really don't. So um, the Saints, I think it's it's useful to start just to list the guys they've lost because the great sure. shedding has begun in New Orleans and uh, you know, which is a consequence of the all in and nature of the roster and the cap and, everything that's happened with the Saints over the last few years. And so you, you're beginning to lose not just depth, but starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees, of course, Trey Hendrickson, Janoris Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders, Sheldon Rankins, Jared Cook, Alex Anzalone, all out the door. So going off of that, um, well, you, you could say quarterback. I, you know, they're picking 28, uh, 60, 98. Maybe they'll take a flyer on, you know, a Mond, a Trask, or what have you. But to me... Um, assuming that either James Winston or Tamis Hill, Taysom Hill, I always do that, is the starter. I think wide receiver, because with Sanders gone, you, you need a number two. Corner, Jenkins gone. Um, you know, some uh, Marshawn Lattimore is still there and kind of had his ups and downs. He's in a contract year. Uh, you got Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's been very good. Um, and then linebacker. I would say I should have mentioned uh, Quan Alexander as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so um, and they did extend Demario Davis. So I think those are the kind of areas like where they have to address them now. And then after that, like you're looking at guys like I don't know Marcus Williams, who was franchise tagged. Um, Ryan Ramchick, you're going to have to pay him. Teron like Teron Armstead is in a contract year once again next year. They're not going to be able to keep everyone. So some of the picks they make now might be with an eye towards guys leaving next season. Yeah. And I, I look at that, like the sweet spot for them at 28 might be a Terrace March Marshall, uh, the wide receiver out of LSU who you can pair as a number two um, with Michael Thomas, because you did lose Emmanuel Sanders. Like that's probably where they'll go. If they go offense, if not again, end of the first round, I think we're going to start to see that run on defensive ends. I don't, this is a draft that has so many cornerbacks that I wonder if teams are going to think, okay, we can just start pushing back that need until day two. And then you'll start seeing a run similar to what we saw last year, where day two starts out hot and it's just cornerback, cornerback, cornerback off the board. And that goes through round three. But like, you know, you you talk about that depth factor that they just don't have because they've lost so much of it. It's not just starters. It's it's the guys behind the starters, um, you know. But who are you going to put out? Who are you going to put outside opposite of Cam Jordan? Because Trey Hendrickson's gone. You know, that's not a bad spot to be looking at a defensive end, another edge rusher. But I do think they will probably end up 
focusing offense in round one, but they do have that pick at 60 and then at 98 and 105 that if the edge rushers do come off the board in the way that we expect, that's a day two, day early, early, early day three need. Yeah. And, you know, they have obviously drafted Marcus Davenport, but so much of the success of that defensive line was the depth that they had being able to rotate guys in and out along with defensive tackle. You know, they have David Onyemata, but they lost Rankin. So they've had so many great drafts recently. Um, you know, this is now you're reaching a point where guys are starting to have to walk out the door. Okay. Panthers, last team in the division. Um, who do you, what do you have as the, positions they need to address well I personally think that it'd be fun to see them take a quarterback at eight but um I'm not going to say that that's like their most important position of need considering what they just did two weeks ago um trading to get Sam Darnold but offensive tackle cornerback like very cut and dry for this team that just doesn't have those are just not the positions um that you can look at their roster and their depth chart right now and, and be comfortable uh with who they have so i mean i think at eight you'll probably end up with a rashawn slater and that's your yeah. guy you put at left tackle for 10 years and you say okay like we're not going to worry about that position again that they have a huge hole at left tackle so you got to shore up the offensive line for darnold and by doing that with with slater who can you know play either there or right tackle or wherever you want to put him. I mean, he is the second best tackle in this class by and large. So I think that that's probably where you go. Um, it just, it seems like to me, Caroline is very cut and dry here, like two yeah. very glaring needs considering the losses that they had in free agency and also kind of the holes on the roster. Completely. They need a left tackle. They to protect Sam Darnold. They, I mean, you know, it would be lovely if Kyle Pitts fell to them because they also need a tight end, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I also think they've got some nice skill players in Carolina. They've got some nice skill players. They've got some nice edge rushers. Obviously, they had success drafting like Jeremy Chin, um, but they need corners and they need to address the offensive line. Um, so that that's it's pretty they're they're one where I think it's they're very obvious holes. All right. NFC West. So San Francisco, we'll start there. So we're assuming quarterback. Yeah. Everyone assumed, I mean, there's, it's a no brainer outside of quarterback. This roster is pretty complete. I, I mean, know, I right? was, I, yeah, I, this is again, like when you, when you do this exercise and you go through the depth charts, like going into this offseason, Courtney, I was like, dang, they're losing their entire secondary. Well, the whole secondary minus Richard Sherman came back. Now that said, I still think they should probably draft a corner. Um, because like Jason Veritana, it's Verrett, Verrett. I never say his name right. Jason, Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett is on, I never say his name right for some reason. Anyways, he's only here of his deal, right? Yes. One year, one year. So he just re for one year. So, um, you know, that's something they'll need to address. Um, and you know, like they probably want to go a little bit younger there. They brought back, um, Emmanuel Mosley, who's young, but yeah, I, I think, and then the other position that jumped out to me is guard. Um, yeah. You know, if they brought back Trent Williams, but guard has been an issue on this offensive line for some time with their young new quarterback. I think they got to protect him. So that's something I would address. Yeah. I mean, you have Alex Mack who you added in free agency, right. but that's not enough on this offensive line. That fixes your center position for now, but who do you have behind Lake and Tomlinson at left guard? 
I don't know, not right now at least, but um, you know, your tackle spots are, are, are set certainly with Trent Williams. That's yeah. a no brainer. Mike McGlinchey, the first round pick from 2018. Um you're set there. The interior of your offensive line beyond quarterback is probably the number one priority. And then going defense, you know, their, their safeties are getting kind of up there too. I mean, Jaquaski yeah. Tart was, you know, second round pick in 2015. Jimmy Ward was their first round pick in 14. You might want to go younger there, but I think that those are, wouldn't say necessarily luxury picks, but those are depth picks for now. Um, but that, but the interior of the offensive line could be one that you address now and pays a much quicker dividend for you than other positions, so to speak. Who do you have for the Los Angeles Rams, who are not, of course, not picking in the first round? Offensive line, and yeah. I think that day two, because I know that this team's not going to have a first round pick till I'm like forty or fifty years old. Uh, which is fine, but um, interior of the offensive line, absolutely a tackle, probably tight end at some point, edge rusher, linebacker in that specific order. Um, I know what they don't need. They don't need any – I mean, they've got a pretty good defensive core. Um, you know, coming back, they don't need another safety. They don't need another running back, and they certainly don't need another quarterback. So basically anything outside of that I think is fair game for this team because of where they're going to be picking – in the later rounds, you know, beyond round one and, and kind of sitting quiet in their fancy little house that they have. Um, <laughs> Malibu. I mean, they'll be swimming in that pool on yeah. day one with all of the... Um, Just chilling. The, the product placement and the ads that we saw conveniently <laughs> in that photo. But um, I think cornerback could actually be like a sneaky need for them. Yes. Like I said, yes. because, you know, with... With this class, I, I believe when we talked to Mel Kuyper a couple weeks ago, he thinks upwards of 35 will get taken in this year's draft. And if I'm not mistaken, there was somewhere around 33 maybe drafted, one through seven last year. So it's going to be another massive cornerback class. Same thing with wide receiver. I mean, they could easily take a wide receiver given how many of them were expecting to be drafting in 2021. Um. I agree with all of the positions you identified. The one more I would throw in there is, well, you said, yeah, I mean, you named them all. Yeah, a receiver, it, I would say, um, you know, it, it doesn't appear, like when you look at the roster, you're like, they're good, they're fine. Cooper Cobb, Robert Woods, amazing. But, um, and Van Jefferson, who they drafted last year. But I think that's more ref- like having added Stafford. I know they signed Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. but we know he has trouble staying healthy. I, I think, maybe at taking a flyer on a speedster at like one Oh three or something might be useful, especially there's a, there's a lot of really small fast guys in this draft. And I think, you know, it just might be like taking advantage of Matt Stafford. Um, Seattle has one draft pick in the uh, first two rounds, 56 first two rounds. Um, so I actually think this one's pretty clear cut corner. They lost Shaq Griffin. Time with Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and then I have receiver uh, for them. Yeah, and then um, yes, I lost even more, and then center. Uh, that's a position I was hoping they would sign, like a Corey Lindsley, or you know Arizona traded for Rodney Hudson, but instead they brought back Ethan Posich. That's to me after the Gabe Jackson trade, the weak spot on the offensive line. So I think those are the three areas they need to address the most. Yeah, and I mean where you know where they're picking because they you know, or one of the teams that, you know, like many don't have that first round pick. Um, they probably could tap in on a cornerback where, um, you know, in, in getting good value, essentially like that's, um, 
I'd probably go cornerback with them, wide receiver, like, you know, offensive line. Like, I think you can, can just continue to add, but you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be in that position where they were, you know, it have been in previous years to, you know, tap in on some of those like top prospects. I mean, they're going to be building, building out effectively that roster at, at those mm-hmm. key positions. So who do you like for air or what positions, pardon me, do you, you see Arizona needing to cornerback for sure. Cornerback yeah. for sure. Um, Number one. Patrick, no Patrick Peterson left in free agency. Um, and, and that's something like, I'm not really sure how I feel about like Cliff Kingsbury developing uh, defensive players. I really don't. I mean, so I think that if you try to like go get like one of the best prospects you can and kind of expect that that player is going to like do you a solid and just be like really darn good, uh, you'll be in a good spot. So, I mean, Micah Parsons, like you could protect, you know, he's kind of the, um, what is it like? The, was it Isaiah Simmons last year who was the, yeah. you know, the jack of all trades, Swiss Army knife? I feel like Micah Parsons is probably that guy if they don't go cornerback because you can just play him so many spots, like so many different spots. Uh, I know he's, you know, considered a linebacker, but he does so many more things. Um, and I think he'd be really tough to pass up. I mean, he's one of the best run defenders uh, in, you know, recent years. And, he's a great pass rusher. So if you want somebody that's, you know, occasional and a third down pass rusher, that's an option. And he's just like such a good prospect that at 16, if he's there, there's an, that's a no brainer for me, but I still think cornerback is probably like their number one need. And then beyond that interior of the offensive line. I mean, you can also add some skill guys. I mean, they need a running back tight end um, wide receiver, probably a little bit like this, maybe like a day three need, which they could address there considering how many they're going to be. Um, at that spot, but that's that's where I'd go. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That corner is it's corner, corner, corner. It's been a problem with this team for a long time, and was for you know they had trouble finding someone to play opposite Patrick Peterson, and then Patrick Peterson got old, and that's obviously they gave Buda Baker that huge contract, and that's worked out. But corner is massive need, um, and then I I actually think wide receiver is a big need for them, Courtney, because I'm just Larry's not getting uh, old. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't even know if he's he's coming. His deal is, but AJ Green is also old. I mean, and last year I think it was just so frustrating. There was no real secondary option emerged for um, DeAndre Hopkins next after DeAndre Hopkins, tight end along those same lines. Um, You know, I don't think where they're picking at sixteen. There's obviously you're not going to take a tight end there, but later in the draft that might be something I hit or that they should hit. All right, the NFC North, your division. Uh, we will wrap with the Vikings for this half. We got to getting through the NFC. I'll, I'll speed it up. I always do this. Packers. I've got wide receiver, corner, linebacker. Yes, That's, those are the big three. So effectively, their first need, their most important need from last year, is their most important need this year because they didn't address it last year, and they really can't get away with not addressing bringing in a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think wide receiver, defensive tackle, cornerback. That's that's the order in which I would go for Green Bay. And at 29, um, you know, that's their first round pick. They've got one at 62 and, and 92. I think wide receiver, maybe a Kadarius Tony. That's a good spot for, for someone like that. You need like, you just need more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. I know we say that every year and somehow he like makes um, – you know, makes magic out of what he has, but I just don't know if you can get away with that this year in not addressing getting him another weapon early on. Yeah, I would say, I mean, corner is like this continuous problem 
with the team, or pardon that corner linebacker, I meant to say. They, at corner, they brought back Kevin King, who was, of course, struggled um, yeah. in the championship game and, and had that tough game. But yeah, I, I think the secondary absent that one cornerback position is in good shape. They just need corner and then and then linebacker. I would also have maybe a defensive tackle uh, mm-hmm. to add on with Kenny Clark. It's just, right, the like, bear- it's just oh, one thing on the on Green Bay. It's like, you have really good players. You have a, a star. I mean, Devontae Adams, I think, is arguably top three receiver in the NFL. But who do you have beside him? Jair Alexander, arguably a top five cornerback in the NFL. Who do you have playing beside him? Like it's, they have these star pieces. It's just, there's no complimentary piece. But that's always been my issue, at least with Green Bay the last couple of years, but I digress. Yeah, no, I mean like Alan Lazard, he's pretty good. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling had moments, but they clearly, I, we'll see. 29-62, it'll be interesting to see how they deploy the picks. I think it'll have a lot to do with just kind of who falls in that first round. Um, the Bears, yeah. quarterback. 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 Um, also wide receiver. Also cornerback after uh, Kyle Fuller walked out. Uh, and then I have tackle, offensive tackle, and uh, safety. God, that's a lot of positions. Okay. Well, yeah, no, they, they've got a lot of needs. And, and where they're picking, because I know they were in – for at least a hot second on trying to get Russell Wilson and Andy Dalton is allegedly, according to their Twitter account, QB one for now. But um, do we believe that that's going to be the case? No, I do not. I believe that for them where, where they're picking um, it's kind of a tough spot to, to think that they're going to have somebody fall to them that at 20. So if you can get up into I don't know the top 15. Like if a Mac Jones was there at 15, I don't, I don't in, in new England hasn't moved or, you know, p- maybe pick another spot. Cause in new England's making my head hurt right now, but like they need to, they need to, they need to get a quarterback. Like they, like this is, this is it for, for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. If they don't fix that position and Andy Dalton's not the answer, but they lost because of, you know, some of the salary cap clearing that they had to do in order to, you know, their very expensive defense um, and also trying to land Russell Wilson, which they failed to do. Like, I mean, they lost Mitchell Trubisky, which maybe you think is a loss. Maybe you don't. But Kyle Fuller, Roy Robertson, Harris, Barkevius Mingo, like a lot of pieces that were, you know, starting pieces of their defense because they had a good rotation going to um, are gone now. So, what are they going to do as far as like, you know, some of those guys who play in the middle of the field or excuse me, in the middle of their defensive line, like how are you going to replace them? But I would say quarterback offensive line and then wide receiver cornerback in that order. Mm. What do you, so the lions have just as many, if not more needs. So try to limit the number of positions. What do you think Maybe is most important? Wide receiver. And cornerback, yeah. like offensive yeah. line, where where they're picking, you can build for the future. I mean, you could potentially get a Slater or a Dar- Christian Darisaw, um, you know, in the top ten for sure. But yeah, pretty nice wide receiver there. <laughs> yeah, you could get a really good wide receiver. You could get a you know potentially a Jamar Chase, a Devonte Smith, maybe even somebody else that I'm not thinking of at the moment, a Jalen Waddle. Like, I mean, there's a lot there, but they chose not to pay their guys. Uh, in free agency. And obviously, you know, with Kenny Galladay going to the Giants, I mean, that's a big hole that needs to be filled. So um, wide receivers, the the most blatant one for me with the Lions, but also cornerback too. I mean, they've lost a lot of pieces and it was kind of that slow fade of like everybody leaving the Matt Patricia system, um, you know, over the last couple of years, kind of the, de- the departures that you know went in droves. 
they need to replenish their secondary at the cornerback spot for sure. Yeah, the hope is just that what we saw to Jeff Akuto was mm-hmm. a lot of Matt Patricia's doing, so uh, and that he can bounce back um, under you know a new defensive coordinator with them, Aaron Glenn uh, from New Orleans. And so, um, yeah, it does Trufant left, Justin Coleman left, um, obviously Galladay, Jared Davis, just a bunch of guys left. I, I think all those positions, I also have guard, um, linebacker, and then you get into sort of the next level of needs. Um, they did bring back Romeo Quara, so edge is a little bit lower there. And then, you know, like quarterback, it's like, would they, I, I think they should consider it, but I don't know. If they will, but they if probably Justin should. But there at seven, would you take him? I yes, would. Abs- yes, I absolutely. Would. Like because there's right. be a lot of teams too that are calling them. Um, yeah, it's a very desirable. Yeah, so spot right now, so if so. you don't take a quarterback, like I mean, you could, like we said, you could take a wide receiver there. But if Fields is there, I think you're tempted to take him. I think if they, speaking of the trade down, if if they can, if a team wants to leapfrog Carolina. Heck, and they can get to like nine or 15, they should absolutely consider that given all the needs they have. All right, Minnesota. I mean, this is, this is your account. This is, yeah, it's my territory. Um, offensive line, in my opinion, is the most important priority that they have because you have a massive hole, massive holes on the left side. Riley Reef leaves in free agency. You bring back Dakota Dozier, who was your starting left guard, who was the worst guard in the NFL statistically by PFF last year. Um, and now he's your what? I don't know. Maybe you're slotting him in the play left guard? I don't know. You, you, you sent a six-round pick to Arizona as a comp pick uh, for Mason Cole, who was also not very good. So I don't know what you're doing on the left side of the offensive line. So if I was looking at um, drafting at 14 – if if you know if if you can go offensive line, great. But they may be looking at it that the top three tackles will be gone by that point, and they'd think someone like Elijah Vera Tucker is a reach. So it's prime trade down territory for Rick Spielman if they don't end up staying there and then getting an edge rusher. Um, that to me, opposite Daniel Hunter, feels like. Mike Zimmer is going to be trying to push the uh, push the buttons on draft night, considering they you know guaranteed forty one over forty one million dollars to defensive players, either through reworked contracts with Anthony Barr or all the free agent additions that they had. I mean, he said it's the worst defense he's ever had after that game against the Saints in November or in December, and I fully believe that he is not done retooling his defense. That they will probably do that. Isn't his son that was the defensive coordinator last year? Co defensive coordinator. Yep. This is brutal. Um, I just have one question. Is Daniel Hunter actually going to be on the Vikings? Well, they tell us that is. Because I wrote offensive line edge, but then I wrote question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's, it would be you want somebody to play opposite Hunter. They signed Stephen Weatherly in free agency, but that's probably not your like solid. Um, you know, your solid starter opposite Hunter, unless you're thinking of a rotation with DJ Wanham, who they had as a first round or a third, fourth round pick, excuse me, last year. I think that they'd want to upgrade that and where they're picking literally smack dab in the middle of the draft. That's probably a prime spot for edge rusher over offensive tackle, just the way that I think the board's going to fall. All right. Well, uh- our board is going to take a break right now. And then we come back. We're going to zoom through the AFC. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza. 
the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. All right, so the AFC East, let's start with, I, I said the Bucks don't have another oh, many needs, obnoxiously low number of needs. Um, I would say Buffalo is close, except I actually do think they need an edge rusher. Um, I also have defensive tackle, corner, that's really about depth. Um, do you agree with those? Are there any other positions you'd throw in? Cornerback. Um, that's probably their yeah. round one need. And then I'd say edge rusher beyond that. Um, those are probably like the two bigger needs that they have uh, for their defense. But you could probably throw a running back in there at some point. I mean, they're, you know, they're pretty stacked still. And if Josh Allen can play at the level he played last year, you just add like another like wide receiver, maybe a scat back in there somewhere. Um, and you'll have a pretty good offense. Again, it's just, you know, replenishing cornerback and, and edge rusher in your defense to, to kind of keep things rolling. So who do you have for New England or what positions? I, I have quarterback. And if there's anything that that bite we've all heard of Bill Belichick talking last week where it was like 45 seconds, and I'm like, ooh, there's a lot of words in here. He must have said something important. And then I listened back to it like five times. I'm like, damn, he didn't really say much. But <laughs> if there's anything he revealed, it's that if they see – if he sees a somebody who could be your franchise quarterback, he will not be afraid to trade up to go get him. So if it is a Justin Fields and they can move from, let's say, 15 into the top nine, you know, Carolina's a spot they could call. Obviously, we just talked about Detroit, um, maybe even Denver. Quarterback for sure. Also, linebacker. I mean, they do have a bunch of additions coming back on defense uh, from the opt-out year. That, yeah. that this is what they dealt with. They lost, had so many – so many losses last year just because of guys opting out because of COVID and then also wide receiver. Yeah. Even with, I'd, I'd say, you know, they, they obviously signed a ton of guys in free agency, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, tight ends. It's definitely not a position. They don't need. Um, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, so they did improve their skill players, but that I still think that they should consider drafting 
a wide receiver. Um, and I agree with you about, you know, quarterback, linebacker, even with Hightower coming back, he's getting up in the years, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, and then I have, um, you know, corner. I, it'll be, it seems like they're keeping Stephon Gilmore. And, you know, there, there's been rumors that they might trade him, um, tag JC Jackson. But, you know, I think that is another area. Like the, the Patriots are kind of built back to front. They tend to invest in their secondary. And I think that's an area they could hit in the draft again. Um, Patriots, Southeast, Miami. Another team that's built back to front. I've got offensive line across the board. Um, wide receiver, even though I know they did add Will Fuller. Uh, I still think, I think when they traded up to six, they had either Pitts or a wide receiver in mind. Or Sewell. Actually, I should say that when I mentioned offensive line, you know, if, if heck, if the Bengals don't take Sewell, they must take Sewell. But one of those players. And then uh, beyond that, I think just kind of front seven, edge, linebacker come to mind. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to want, with, with since Tua is their guy, That's that to me is very clear that even at six when they could potentially take a quarterback because um, of where they switched the spots with, with the Eagles, I still think that if you miss out on Kyle Pitts and you miss out on Jamar Chase, it's not an overdraft at that point to go Jalen Waddle. You you pair him back with somebody that he knows in, in Tua Tagovailoa, and it's kind of like what the Bengals could effectively be doing with Joe Burrow and getting him somebody that he played with before in Jamar Chase. Um if they don't take Penny Sewell, but um, nonetheless, yeah, you're right. I mean, those are, those are probably the biggest needs. Ed Rusher for me, beyond wide receiver, interior yeah. of the offensive line, um, more weapons, you know, just, just, just fill up your backfield, get another tight end in there. Those will work. Yeah. Outside of Emmanuel Ogba, there's not that much at edge. So I do think they need to uh, address the pass rush. Okay. Jets. Quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Number think, one think- need. Yeah, I think they're going to hit that. <laughs> let's hope so. Um, let's hope this is not like the Mike McCagnet Jets that just make your head spin. Uh, I would say that offensive line across the board is next. Yes. Cornerback, edge, and then pass catchers. So everything. No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, pretty much everything. exactly what I have. Offensive line outside of left tackle, Mackay Becton. They need to hit offensive line, offensive lines, and then cornerback. Um, like you said, safeties, they're they're pretty set with, with – uh, Marcus May and Bradley McDougald uh, corner is just, whew, that is a tough scene uh, with the Jets. So they absolutely need to address that. Yeah, I think that one's pretty straightforward as well. Pass catcher, you know, it's like they they sign Corey Davis. Um, and well, and of course, up front, they sign Carl Lawson, but D- Davis, Keelan Cole, um, Tevin Coleman. So they added a few skill players. Um, so maybe in that sort of next phase of free agency. All right, that's the AFC East. Moving on to let's do let's do the AFC North next. I think let's start with Baltimore because I think Baltimore is very clear. I've got wide receiver, edge, and then right tackle. And that's pretty much it. Like that's that is it for me. Because and, and right tackle by the way is assuming that they're going to trade Orlando Brown who mm-hmm. we've been told wants to be traded because he wants to play left tackle. But yeah. Those three positions are just glaring needs to me. Tackle, I think, is number one. Um, if, if Ronnie Stanley is going to stay, obviously, at left tackle, you have that hole. If they do end up trading Orlando Brown, whether it's on draft night as part of a package of picks or whether it's later on. Um, and also, I mean, another, you know, Kevin Zeitler, at some point, you're going to need to, you know, I mean, obviously, 
like where where he is in his career. I think depth on the interior of the offensive line is probably not like a primary need. I'm just saying like maybe like later on if yeah. we can like check the boxes here uh, with everything the Ravens need to do. Um, Ed Rusher, safety wide receiver. Yeah, pretty much, right? I mean, lost Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, wide receiver has been an ongoing need for this team. They did add Sammy Watkins, but no brainer. All right, Browns. I mean, honestly, like another stacked roster. Yeah, I was about to say, like, Edge Rusher would have been my first thought. And I'm like, well, they just, you know, what, what they've done with their defensive line and, and getting Jadavian Clowney, I don't know. Like, I was going to say, like, the interior of the defensive line, Edge Rusher, but That's now cool. I think it's probably cornerback and wide receiver and then linebacker. I agree. Yeah, they cut Sheldon Richardson. So that's yeah. that. We, you, need, you need an interior, you need like a three technique, like a true three. Yeah. So that's one. I don't think Barmore falls to them. He would be good. But yeah, once that was kind of a surprising cut to me. And once they made that, I was like, okay, you got a need. But otherwise, I totally agree with you. Uh, cornerback, you know, they've got guys coming back. I mean, the secondary. So we've got Denzel Ward. Greedy Williams can come back from injury. And then, of course, they sign John Johnson, Troy Hill from the Rams. Grant Delpit comes back from injury. These are all players who, like, hypothetically could be good. But um, we just haven't seen them mm-hmm. together. And then linebackers just been like, it, it seems like an ongoing need here yeah i agree with all that. right how about the Bengals? i have offensive line so offensive line is interesting right because technically i'd actually love to hear your thoughts on riley reif in particular riley reef reef because they signed him and he said he's playing right tackle and yeah. everyone's like well all right so jonah williams is the left tackle so are you not gonna draft panay sewell so it's very confusing. Obviously, they still need to address the offensive line. On top of that, I have a deep threat wide receiver for Joe Burrow, a corner having lost William Jackson, aforementioned, and linebacker. But what what do you make of this offensive line scenario? So I know Reef was adamant when he signed there as a free agent that he was going to play right tackle, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it because he played left tackle in Minnesota after being drafted as a right tackle to play in Detroit. Um many moons ago, which is, it's just like, did he actually, was he, was he unhappy all the years he was here as a free agent playing left tackle? I mean, who knows? But hmm. if that's the case, I still, I mean, personally, I still think you at that, your top five, you take best player available. You take the best guy on the board. And if that is Jamar Chase in your mind, sure. I mean, you have a deep threat. You have somebody who's going to pair well with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, you, you give Joe Burrow all the options he needs, but I still think that wide receiver or excuse me, offensive line should be where you're looking here because Sewell's not, I mean, Sewell, if they're, if they're saying he is this once in a generation process or, you know, I don't know if I truly believe that. Um, I don't know if we've seen enough. I mean, he had the opt out year and all those things. I also think that term is kind of thrown around loosely uh, with a lot of prospects, but he is, I mean, he's been doing this since he was like 17 years old. We've been, we've had this body of work to look at Penny Sewell. So um it, I, I I would take him regardless of what you're doing on the offensive line as of right now. And, you know, Riley Reefs, you know, 32, he's not going to be there forever. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with going Sewell, but I could see them going pits. So t- tight end wide receiver, just giving Joe Burrow everything he needs in this bounce back year from injury to create a more explosive offense. Yeah. Tight end is another, I probably should yeah. mention that as well. Um, and if Pitts is there, oof, I just, oof. um, okay. Who do you got for the Steelers? Well, where, where do you want to start? I mean, I feel like they've got a couple needs 
on their defense. I mean, they're secondary. They don't need a safety, but they need cornerbacks. So for me, it's like, well, where where do you prioritize the other stuff that they have with linebacker and edge rusher interior of the defensive line? It's probably like day two and day three. So for me, it's offensive line early on and then running back. But I don't know if you're going to use a day one pick on a running back. So I'm probably looking at the offensive line. If they use the day one pick on a running back, given the state of their offensive line, yes. nerd Twitter will absolutely lose their minds. And they should, because holy smokes. Uh, the offensive line is a situation. I think that was, to me, the one of the biggest, like, oh, no, moments going roster by roster. Like, once you look at this offensive line, and uh, which, of course, struggled a lot last year as well, but... Whew, they got old super quickly. I don't even, I don't think Alejandro Villanueva is actually technically re-signed. I might be wrong, but um, DeCastro missed a few games last year. Matt Feiler left. Marquise Pouncey retired. Uh, it is just not a good scene. Um, I would just throw quarterback out there as well, frankly. I don't think they're going to address it, uh, but, and yeah, Ben's coming back, but... Didn't they just re-sign Josh Dobbs? Aren't all the problems answered? There you go, Josh Dobbs. And they have Dwayne Haskins in there competing. They do. Um, they do. I'm yeah, actually really and- excited about that underrated storyline of like quarterback movement this offseason. Yeah. I'm excited for Dwayne's second chance well, to see if he takes you know, advantage of it. More likely not, he's going to get a shot to play. So Some maybe point. not for a game, but maybe inside of a game. You know, you know? so um, yeah, I think that's big. Um, and then cornerback, they lost a couple of their pieces there, Mike Hilton, Stephen Elsa. So, um, all right, AFC South. So another roster that I was kind of surprised by how depleted it was, and I'll start, the Titans. I'm mm-hmm. just looking through. So lost, um, well, their first round pick, Isaiah Wilson, offensive lineman, you know, that, that, that's a whole Google it. That's, he's that's been, been through it. It's a situation, so he's gone. Uh, Corey Davis, Sidori Jackson, Johnu Smith, Desmond King, Dennis Kelly, Malcolm Butler, Adam Humphreys. Wow. I mean, they added Bud Dupree and Nico Autry. Um, and, Jan- and did I say Janoris Jenkins? No, they added Janoris Jenkins. So, yeah. sorry. Uh, but ugh, I, so I think wide receiver suddenly became an issue for them in a hur- hurry um, behind A.J. Brown, tight end as well, uh, corner. And while they added those edge rushers, I would bolster that. And then right tackle. Yeah. That's a lot of positions. They added Kendall Lamb to play right tackle. I think if you're like looking at a depth chart, he's probably mm. bought in right now. He's came from Cleveland, yeah. but I don't think that's your answer there. Um, pass catcher for sure. I mean, behind AJ Brown, I mean, you've got like guys whose names I've never even heard of, to be quite honest with you, as I'm like looking at their depth chart. Right is, yeah, now. no, you're hundred uh, percent right. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Um, but tight end and wide receiver for them are the primary offensive needs. And then cornerback because you know, their, their secondary got depleted. I mean, losing a Dory Jackson, losing Desmond King, that alone um, is a big hit. So that's, that's where you go. I mean, Ed rusher too, I know you added Bud Dupree and free in like the second, third wave, whatever you want to call it, a free agency. But I would still probably look to um, maybe add, you know, some defensive tackle depth. Uh, but but certainly uh, some edge rusher depth on on day three would be a good a good addition for them. So a team with I think fewer needs, but more obvious, or just they have a few obvious needs. Yep. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. They were, um, you know, offensive line. I mean, Anthony Costanzo, 
Um, and you know, the retirement, like I remember when I was an intern in Indianapolis, the year that he was drafted, it was like, Oh, okay, let's do Anthony Costanzo's draft night. And it was the last I ever heard of him until he retired, because that's what you do <laughs> when you take a first round tackle who you leave there for like nine years or whatever it was. And then you end up nine years later needing to replace your franchise left tackle. So that's who I would, that's who I would do. I know they signed Sam Tevi, um from the chargers, you know, They've got a really decent interior of the offensive line. Certainly Quentin Nelson's not going anywhere. Ryan Kelly's still pretty good uh, at center. But, you know, that's something that I would address early on. Uh, Wide receiver and cornerback. They're not a team that has, like, a bunch of glaring holes. Um, Maybe you're looking at quarterback, right? Like, down the line? Like, I mean, are we – Carson Wentz doesn't need to do too much this year. He was trying to do too much last year, but it's like – do you think that that's something a day three need that they're saying, well, just in case, depending upon how that board falls with some of those like project type uh, quarterbacks, but is he somebody who can handle a project type? Uh, I, I, like, I don't know. After the Jalen Hurts yeah. experiment in Philly, but I suspect they don't, they probably should consider it. But I don't think they will. Um, I would just throw edge rusher into there as well. Uh, you know, they lost, I mentioned Danico Autry, uh, it's still unclear what Justin, I think Justin Houston is still a free agent right now, mm-hmm. but um, they need someone to help DeForest Buckner on that defensive line. So I think that might be, you know, they're picking at 21, which um, I think it's it's a position where either edge or left tackle, it, you know, just depends on how the board shakes out, so to speak. I also think they are a team to potentially trade for Orlando Brown if that ends up being a thing. Um, I wrote down Washington, Carolina, Indianapolis, Minnesota as maybe contenders for his services. So, um, Jacksonville. Uh, so I've got quarterback, obviously tight end offensive line. I wrote right tackle. I think getting someone to replace Jawan Taylor would be nice and safety. Um, it's interesting, Courtney, cause his defense was so awful last year but when I look at it, like there's a lot of talent like they've got all these pass rushers Josh Allen Clavin Chasen um then they have uh CJ Henderson who looked decent at times at corner they signed Shaq Griffin they paid Rayshon Jenkins a little bit too much money but and then the Miles Jack and Joe Schobert are at linebacker so they've got players they just weren't very good so I think you know, the, the, I could see them addressing some of those positions, but I also think they probably want, they're probably going to focus on helping their young quarterback. Yeah. And when you mentioned tight end first, I mean, yeah, they did sign Tyler Eifert. They signed, I think it was a Chris, Chris Manhurts um, from Carolina. I mean, they, they have depth, but like Tyler Eifert and his health issues are serious. Is problems. he still playing? I mean, as far as I know, yeah. So, I mean, there's, um, I think a need for them there tight end is so bleak right now. Like if you look across the league, there's just like not a lot of, like we said earlier, not a lot of dynamic guys. So um, you probably want to look there wide receiver. um, Where else? I mean, running back. I, I know that urban Meyer, when he was talking about like the process with free agency and just like not liking it because he hasn't been able to like tell the, you know, the makeup and the feel of these guys that he's just signing with their, you know, absurd amount of cap space, but they have a lot of money. They had a lot of money to spend in free agency and they still have a lot of cap space. Like 
I don't know what other free agents are still out there. If there are any at safety or wide receiver, I mean, there's still surprised a couple of veteran wide receivers that they could pick up off the market, but that's probably beyond quarterback after they get Trevor Lawrence in there and give him every possible thing he needs to succeed offensive tackle, wide receiver, running back, safety, cornerback, and tight end in that mix too. Texans. You've saved the worst for last. It's every position, man. I don't know. I mean, you can, what do you think is the most important, I guess, beyond, I mean, so putting a pin in quarterback, which um, we're waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson, allegations of sexual misconduct, depending on how that shakes out, um, they did bring in Tyrod Taylor, probably is not a position they're going to address in the draft, or at least certainly not high. Uh, What positions do you think are most important for this team? Do you want to replace JJ Watt? Like, is that, you know, that's probably something that you should. I mean, you lost him, you lost uh, Bernardrick McKinney, you lost, you know, the only guy from like those good Texans teams, let's use the word good relative because they were like first round exits um, for for most of the um, Bill O'Brien era. Like Whitney Merciless, I think is like the, the longest tenured player on their defense, if I'm not mistaken, um, of guys that were actually drafted by the Texans uh, and and still remain. So they're kind of a mess, I think, all over that um, they're, you know, their front seven. So I'd say outside linebacker is, is probably like a big one for them. But, you know, beyond that, (laughs) quarterback, uh, anywhere in the interior of their defensive line with, you know, nose tackle, def- you know, anybody in that, you know, the Lovey Smith is going to be changing that defense and, and yeah. kind of what he wants to see. So I'm curious about the prototypes he has playing in his front seven. And if those guys are still on the roster, I mean, they've got the likes of, you know, Ross, Ross Blaylock, who was their uh, first, second round pick last year, mm-hmm. Charles Omena, who's still around, but are those guys that you really want? Like they don't have a first round pick. So you're going to be looking kind of at day two and figuring, all right, well, what's left? Where's the run starting? Should we potentially go cornerback here? I mean, they made the addition in free agency. Um, they, they were signing like free agents left and right. I don't even, I think I lost track at like 25 when, you know, they were at, they added like, um, you know, Terrence Mitchell, Jan- uh, Jordan Jenkins, Christian Kirksey, Desmond King, but they, those are just like four names. I couldn't tell you the rest of them because it's a long list. And clearly Nick Casario wants competition at every spot. But how you replace J.J. Watt, how you replace Will Fuller, start there. Those are the two most important needs, in my opinion. If Deshaun Watson and Tyrod Taylor, whomever, the guy from Cincinnati that they brought in to potentially, I don't even know his name offhand, um, the other quarterback. Like you need, they need, that offense needs a lot of work too. And the offensive line, I mean, Deshaun Watson got sacked a bunch last year. Go get, go get yeah. help. I think it's it's a, it's like best player available. Just take the best guys you can get. Um, and you know, with the Texans, it's like more like who is good on the team rather than where are the holes. Like you know, you're kind of looking at okay, well, Laramie Tensel, um, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. Uh, I don't like Jordan Aikens, not bad tight end. The safeties are decent. So you start from there and. Uh, see what you can do um all right afc west final division we'll uh start with let's start with the chiefs so um i've got chiefs most pressing need is of course offensive tackle um you know they went out so they they released eric fisher and mitchell schwartz they added joe tooney and kyle long who are guards 
I think there are some beliefs that they have replacements in-house, but I still think that's an area they need to address. And then beyond that, I go edge. Um, I actually go wide receiver, I think. Sammy Watkins left. I do think that they might be in the market for a wide receiver three and then linebacker. Offensive tackle, because of all the issues that they had in the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying that's the reason they lost the Super Bowl, but I think that that's something that you need to shore up with the injuries and just kind of the unknowns at that position. Wide receiver, linebacker, and then probably tight end. That, for me, for the Chiefs, is is where I'd look. Tight end is an interesting one. Yeah. I guess, you know. Behind Travis Kelsey, I mean, I get it. Yeah. No, it'd be nice to have also for not just behind Travis Kelsey, but next to Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. could be kind of nice. Um, all right. Who do you have for the Chargers? For the Chargers, it's the no-brainer one is offensive tackle. So 13. There's a lot of teams that need offensive tackles, True. by the way. Just as we're going through these, I'm like, oh, man. This is a lot. Yeah. All right. they're, oh. they're, they're in a good position, though, to get one. Yeah. If you can get Christian Derrissaw there, that's that's a no-brainer. Edge rusher, uh, and then you know replenish your secondary because it's a damn mess right now. Let's see. Who do I have? Yeah, corner, left tackle, defensive tackle, pretty much it. Um, they have lost a fair amount of players. I think, you know, not, not nothing too meaningful, but I think it it starts and ends with the offensive line. You've got to you've got to like protect your franchise quarterback. That to me is that's the no brainer with that team um, in in kind of what they can do going forward. But a day three pick at tight end. You can get the tight end from Notre Dame, for example. Um, you know, Tommy Tremble. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. that's a good one. Getting a you know a second round cornerback. Like there's there's ways for them to, uh, you know, protect and do everything you need to do for for Justin Herbert. But beyond that, like putting pieces on the defense as well. Ed Rusher is another yeah. one I would do on day yeah. three, day two. Corner is really important after obviously cutting Casey Howard. I think you know after that's probably the next priority. I would say after left tackle. Um, Denver, I have quarterback, linebacker, safety, cornerback. Not a lot of holes. No, outside of quarterback. Quarterback's the big question mark there, and it's you know after Sam Darnold ended up with the Panthers, I was kind of wondering what what they want to do. George Payton's obviously the new GM there, and trying to figure out, um, you know, what he what he wants. Like it is. Drew Locke, his guy, um, or could they potentially be looking to take a quarterback at nine? I don't know um, as far as like who would be there at nine for them. Um, just depending upon like if Mac, let's say, let's say like how everything goes kind of the way that we've been talking, where it's like quarterbacks gone, let's like, four are gone by either four or five or six or what have you before they pick at nine. Do you reach? Would you consider that a reach for Mac Jones at nine? I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know what they think of, uh, of him in Denver, but like, you know, the, they fixed a lot of their things that they needed to defensively, uh, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, yes. that addresses your cornerback situation. And even, you know, Mike Boone, who's a guy that, you know, was very far down the depth chart at running back here in Minnesota, George Payton clearly liked him, uh, enough to want to, you know, keep him on the roster or to bring him over to, mm-hmm. to Denver to, um, you know, allow him to be on the roster, that running back spot, but probably outside linebacker and uh, guard are, mm-hmm. are other ones I would consider for the Broncos. It is, it, it's 
really remarkable how this team is a quarterback away. And um, it, it is also interesting, by the way, Courtney, like they're very quiet. Like, you're right. We don't really know. Like, we're hearing all these whispers. The Niners like Mac Jones and then they like Trey Lance. Atlanta likes Lance and then Fields. Broncos have been quiet. And they're the team that, again, given the fact that I truly believe they're a quarterback away, they should, in my, I believe this is the team. They should trade up. Do You have been in quarterback hell. Do whatever it takes. Get Fields or Lance, because I, I think Mike Jones is going to go third. Do whatever it takes, man. Um, so we'll see. All right, final team, the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you got? Well, you all of a sudden you had all these defensive needs, and then John Gruden's kind of like, let's just get rid of the offensive line while we're at it. So, <laughs> just the right side of it. Just, yeah. well, just the center through the right side. Oh, so, yeah, like maybe a center, maybe a right guard. Um, another offensive tackle would be nice. Um, beyond that though, I mean, that to me is your priority. Probably you're looking at the interior, the defensive line, um, and then linebacker and safety. It's a lot of positions, but yeah, I, 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 it's and corner. I threw a corner out there, but otherwise I agree with all of it. You know, they cut Maurice Hurst, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, they, they, they've had a lot of turnover in their roster because they, as you mentioned, just disposed of the entire right side of the line. They lost Aguilar, Tyrell Williams, Hurst, but then they added Yannick Ngakwe, sort of addressing edge, which is why we didn't say that. Um, Kenyon Drake for reasons. John Brown, uh, Willie Sneed, Solomon Thomas. I still think they need to address the D-line. So yeah, it, it really, I don't, the offensive line thing is like a massive mystery to everyone, but I think... At 17, I well, you know, they might go corner, too. I don't know. But that that's a big area of need for them. Woo, we did it. That's we the entire it. NFL. That is every team. I hope every GM was listening. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, as always, <laughs> I, one would think that's it. But it's not because we've got five more questions for our guest. And now it's time for dinks and dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Courtney, first question is about who else? Kirk Cousins. I've taken a calling Mac Jones, Kirk second cousins. Some people think that's an insult. I don't, it's not. I think cousins is good. Um, where do you think Kirk cousins ranks amongst NFL quarterbacks? You can give me a range. If you don't want to give me an exact number, yeah, like he's a, top, five. he's a top 15 quarterback. I think that you can win with a top 15 quarterback, but in the case of the Vikings, when you take away the entire left side of his offensive line, you're not helping him any. Like I know that you, you, Mike Zimmer looks at the defense and says that, well, this was the weak link. This was my baby. It's not where it needs to be. It's not where it was the last couple of years. Um, you still have to protect your quarterback who, yeah, he's got some mobility. He can, he can bootleg. Like he can do a lot of things that, you know, when we talk about Mac Jones, I've never really understood the full Kirk Cousins comparison because Mac can't bootleg the way that, I mean, Kirk, Kirk is really a really good play action quarterback. That's one thing that like Mac Jones is like a throwback to not being of like throwback to like that different, like an older era of just being like a traditional pocket passer. So I don't truly understand like the full comparison, but nonetheless, um, I think Kirk is a top 15 quarterback, but you need to make sure that you have pieces around him that make him able to perform at a top 15 level. Like putting that respect on Kirk Cousins mobility. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. Second question. <laughs> um, what is something you want to happen on draft night just for chaos purposes? I want to see, and it's not like anything against Mac Jones, but I want to see some quarterback chaos. Like the, the fact that like we, you know, 
the trade happens with the 49ers, the, the Dolphins, and the Eagles, and that shakes up the draft order, right? And then immediately you assume, okay, it's Mac Jones. Well, what if it ends up being Zach Wilson? Because what if the Jets end up pulling a fast one and taking Trey Lance? And then Justin Fields goes somewhere in the top 10. Like, is, what if Mac Jones stumbles to, like, late 20s? That would be chaos. That'd be like Brady Quinn style chaos. And I love seeing that. Not to hurt anybody's feelings. If you're the quarterback sitting there in the green room in Cleveland crying, I don't want to see that. But like, I want to see some chaos with the quarterback position. The last one I remember feeling really bad about was Lamar when he was in the green room. And then of course, it him and his mom. Yeah, I love that. And the mom and they were falling asleep. And now it's so nice to look back on because it's like this great story. I mean, well, it's great that he's had success. Not not great that he fell. I, I was stressed too. I remember being like, Pittsburgh, come on, New Orleans, come on. All right, question three. Um, Aaron Donald has had quite an eventful week when, and I don't want to misrepresent this, I believe what happened is he was accused of beating up a guy, but then the guy realized he was actually defending him and it was another guy that punched him, and it's it's very confusing. So my question for you is not would you, uh, why would anyone get in a fight with Aaron Donald, which is, of course, the obvious question, but have you ever been in a fight? No, I haven't, but I have had a near near fight um would you like to hear the story yeah okay so i was in college i was of legal drinking age and we were at a bar and my good friend lucas like um it was it was one of our friends like going away parties we had a friend who was a little older than us who was like hanging out um in bloomington he worked for the bloomington herald times and um we're all out celebrating ryan's going away party and this was like at the time that like jersey shore was incredibly popular um, and you know, Jay Wow would always like get into, you know, scuffles at the bar, but she was always like, trying to protect her friends. So like this very drunk individual, um, spilled like a drink all over my friend Lucas, who was not happy. So I'm like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And I just like kind of gave this person like a shove from the back and all my guy friends were like, Oh my God, we got to get her out of here. Like lift me out of the bar and take me out. Like, it wasn't anything vicious or, or a shove though. It was a shove, shove. I, but I didn't hit it. Bar fight. So you started a bar fight. No, cool. no, I got taken out. I, they took me out before. They basically before started a bar could, fight uh, before anybody could get me in serious trouble. But I don't know if I should just wow. admit that on air. But oh well, start, start starting bar fights. <laughs> um, question for, for have you? This is not the question. Maybe have you seen the show Fargo? No, I have not. But I've heard <sighs> about it. How do you live in Minnesota and you've never seen the show Fargo? I don't know because we'll see. You see, this is this is this is your um, East Coast West Coast. Yeah, bias where yeah. Like, we're not that close to Fargo, and that's really really far. No, but it takes place in Minnesota. But why is the, it well, so, Fargo then? I don't want to throw in the show for you. It's really good. If I you like Coen Brothers, seen stuff. the movie Fargo. Did you like the movie? Yeah, the wood chipper and everything. And you'll love the show. Okay, so it's, it's fantastic. It. All right. I well, I was going to ask you about the accuracy of the accents because they all have Minnesota accents, and your accent always kind of makes me happy. So that's cool. All right. Final question, as always, comes from Lenny. Um, Lenny, this is a simple question from him. He's just we just went on a walk, and he wants you to know that it's seventy five degrees here, and is curious what's the temperature where you are. Oh, it was in the fifties today, so it wasn't terrible. But it's um, I think we might have snow, like little flurries in the forecast this week. Um, it's it snowed last week here, not much. It was just kind of like a dusting. The the Midwest in April, like you, I, I always say, give me till May first to get through snow. 
Um, I know it's kind of nuts just because you'll get these like little spotty showers. Cause it's always like 50 degrees and just kind of crummy in April, but we could also have like a nice day. So, I mean, tell Lenny if he wants to come to Minnesota, he can come hang out with me. I'll take him on walks. I live near a lake, uh, but don't expect 75 until middle of May, maybe June. He says he doesn't want to come. Well, that's his loss. <laughs>